0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Ash Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023, on the basis of verses from Matthew chapter 6. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. It happens almost two times every second, more than a hundred times every minute almost 7,000 times every hour and more than 150,000 times every day. And so I think it's almost a bit surprising that something that is so common and so frequent in our world still manages to get all of our attention at times. I'm talking about death. And it seems that death is, once again, going to get all of our attention because it seems as though Former President of the United States, Jimmy Carter, is about to die. Maybe you heard the announcement from his family this past Saturday that he is no longer planning to receive any medical treatment, but he will spend out his last days at home, surrounded by family, receiving hospice care. Jimmy Carter is sort of an interesting historical figure in some ways. There are plenty of people who would suggest that perhaps Jimmy Carter was actually the worst president in the history of the United States. We can certainly say that during his time in office, things in our country were far from great. And when Jimmy Carter ran for re-election in 1980, he lost to Ronald Reagan by an electoral count of 489 to 49. And yet there are also plenty of people who would suggest, in fact I heard it again just this past week, that perhaps Jimmy Carter is the best former president in the history of the United States. Jimmy Carter left office when he was just 56 years old and he has lived now for more than 40 years after being president and during that time he has done a great deal of good. Perhaps most notably, he has helped all but eradicate a terrible disease known as Guinea Worm. And he has helped build more than 14,000 houses in 14 different countries working with Habitat for Humanity. So it's kind of interesting. Here's this man who lived a full half century of his life before, for a, a very short period of time, occupying probably the most important but also the most scrutinized job in all the world. And at the very least, maybe we can say that he was not wildly successful at that job. But then after that brief period of time, he lived basically another half century and really made the most of that time after his time in the Oval Office. And so Jimmy Carter's life is, is sort of this embodiment of a very important concept that we're going to be talking about throughout the season of Lent. The concept of a second chance. It's really easy for us as human beings to think that really that's all we need as people. A second chance. I mean, sure, we know that, that we mess up all the time. We do things we're not supposed to do. We don't do things that we should do. But if we could just get a clean slate, if we can just start over, if we can just get another opportunity to get it right, that's all we need. In fact, we might even be tempted to think, that, to, to think of our Christian faith in those terms. That the reason we get a clean slate, a a second start, a, a chance to do things over again is all because of Jesus. Well, in these verses, Jesus really makes it crystal clear that we need something far more than that from him. Jesus really exposes this common universal tendency to think that all we really need is a second chance. He points out some of the things that people do who think that way. Things that, in a certain sense, seem quite silly, and in fact they are, but they are things that we see all the time in our world. So a man decides that he's going to give something to help someone who is in need, but he does so with the fanfare of trumpets so that as many people see it as possible. A man decides that he's going to pray, but he does so in the, crowdest, in, in the, the most crowded possible place so that as many people as possible see what he is doing. A man decides that he is going to fast, but as he does, he, he intentionally disfigures his face so that everyone knows what he's been up to. Jesus has some pretty harsh words for some of the things that people were doing in his day. I wonder what he would say if he addressed some of the things that people do in our day. I mean, in our day, a person could be giving to someone who is in need with their right hand, all the while their left hand is holding a camera taking a selfie of what they are doing. In our day, someone might be praying or reading their Bible completely in the privacy of their own home, but then afterwards they post a perfectly posed and perfectly filtered picture of what they were doing on social media. In our day, people can take those things that that make their faces sort of turn dour because they are so sad and so evil, and they can... Let everybody know what those things are through their t-shirts and their bumper stickers and their yard signs. These are some of the, the silly things that people get caught up in that we too can get caught up in if all we think from, we need from Jesus is a second chance. Jesus has some, some sobering words to speak about those things that we might do if we think all we need is a second chance There are three different examples that he gives in this story, but really the assessment, the verdict that is given about each one of them is the same. In each case, Jesus says, they have received their reward in full. In other words, with some of those things that that we might do, we might win some praise and some admiration from other people, but nothing more. That's it, Jesus says. We might win approval from people, but not from God, Jesus says. And so eventually that reward that we will have received, eventually that reward is going to run out. Eventually that reward is going to be taken from us. When? Well, when that thing that happens almost two times a second, almost a hundred times a minute, almost 7,000 times an hour, and more than 150,000 times a day happens to us. Death is what really exposes the silliness of this all. And in fact, that's really the thing that that caught my attention with that announcement about former President Jimmy Carter this past week. I was watching the news and the person reporting the story said that the family had announced that he'd be spending his remaining days at home receiving hospice care. But then he added this comment. He said, so that he can die on his own terms... And on his own timeline. Are you kidding me? Death on our terms? Death on our timeline? I mean, if we had any control over death whatsoever, we would not die at all. Death on our time would be death never and so the fact that all of us will very much die is really indisputable, indisputable proof about the reality of our life. These ashes, the ashes of Ash Wednesday, are really an open and closed case that the thing that we need is not just a second chance or even a third chance or even a thousandth chance. Death is proof that no matter how many chances we would ever get, all of them would be an epic fail. This teeny tiny pile of ashes, our mortality will always be greater than, will always stand taller than the highest mountain of our morality that we might try to pile up. That's what Jesus exposes in these verses. But thankfully also, Jesus points to the fact that there is a reward That will never run out. A reward that death cannot possibly take away. That's the reward that is ours from the hand of our Father in heaven. And the reason that reward even exists is not because we were somehow given a second chance, but instead it's because Jesus came to be the second Adam. That's what the Bible calls Jesus. That's what we'll hear this coming Sunday in worship and what we'll be seeing throughout the season of Lent that Jesus came to this earth not just to give us a second chance, not just to wipe the slate clean. Jesus came to do everything that needed to be done for us. Jesus came to live perfectly as our substitute. He came to die innocently as our substitute. And so we do have a reward that even death cannot take away, but it is not because we have been given a second chance. Instead, it's because Jesus came to be the second Adam, which means that what God wants from us, not only always, all the time, but especially as we begin the season of Lent, is repentance. Repentance is not primarily this thing that we do when we stop committing a sin that that we had been committing. It's certainly not something where we decide to give something up for a time just to, to demonstrate our devotion. Instead, when we repent, what we give up is really this silly idea that all we need is a second chance. All we need is another opportunity to get it right. When we repent, we first of all acknowledge the reality of what these ashes make clear, that no matter how many chances we would ever get, it still wouldn't be enough. And then secondly, in repentance, we put our complete trust in what Jesus, our second Adam, did for us. That life-giving two-step process first happened for us when God brought us into his family in the waters of baptism. And that same process repeats itself every single time we repent. It's anything but silly. It's sobering and serious. It means that our Christian faith is anything but fun and games. And yet it has its own reward. In fact, it delivers to us the reward that our Father in Heaven has for us. Which means that we should treat repentance with the urgency that it deserves. The time to repent is now, the Bible tells us. Because yes, even though death is something that is so common and so frequent in our world, it still always gets our attention. And not just when former presidents of the United States die. In fact, even more It gets our attention when someone we know dies, when someone we love dies, someone we are related to, someone we are married to dies, and it will surely get our attention when we are the ones dying. But even in that moment, as the reward that we might win with all of our second chances is ripped from our hands, in that moment, the reward that our second Adam one for us, remains ours forever. Amen.